Welcome to Gross Anatomy. Are we live? We're live. Oh, we're actually live? Yes. Oh, good. Okay. And you're actually filming me too. I'm filming. Oh, good. Okay. Hi. So, uh, welcome to Gross Anatomy. Welcome. And I am Dr. Jason Cohen. I am joined by... Lauren Taylor. Our producer. Mm-hmm. Executive producer. And... Uh, On Gross Anatomy, we discuss the sights, smells, sounds of medicine and how it relates to pop culture and movies and TV and all that other fun stuff. So um, we have a Instagram and we're growing by leaps and bounds. We had one follower and now then we had two and now we have over a hundred. I mean, we are we so, do. so yeah. Follow us. We're like practically podcast. Yeah, we're like influencers already with our hundred and two followers. I mean, we are it. Yes. So we actually got a question on our Instagram, and uh, thank you, questioner. Do you, do you remember the name of the question? Questioner, questioner. No, I did say that we wouldn't. Um, all questions would be anonymous. Oh, anonymous question. So we got a, a question, and what's the question? The question is, what do you think healthcare will look like in 10 years? What do I think healthcare will look like in 10 years? Well, in 10 years, we'll all be dead and there won't be any healthcare. So that, no. Um, that is the gazillion dollar question, which was actually my response to her. And um, it's such a tricky question and it is definitely broken right now. The healthcare system in America is broken. I think it's broken though. Everywhere. I don't think it's just broken in America. I think it's broken everywhere and everybody has different crazy fixes of it and nothing's perfect. And I think um, it's really hard to say where we're going to go with it. I I mean, um, there are definitely problems. One thing, you know, um, that – and I hope I don't get in trouble for this and I hope I don't get a ton of haters for this – is that – in addition to the fact that there's a healthcare problem or a healthcare crisis, there's a perception problem and a perception crisis. And what I mean by that is the American people and people all around the world have the wrong perception of things in my mind. And I think we have to alter everybody's thinking. I think people forget. We get old, we get sick, we die. People forget that. And they go to the hospital, they go to the doctor and they think, you're going to keep me from dying. And it's your job, doctor, to keep me from dying. Or it's your job, healthcare system, to keep me from getting sick and from dying. And that is part of the problem. I think people need to be more proactive. And we talk about it a lot more that we need to think about before we get sick. We need to think about health and and physical activity and diet and nutrition and all of that. And I think that's a key issue in the broken healthcare system is we're focusing too much on, okay, now we're sick, let's put a Band-Aid on it. So that's a major problem. The other problem I think is with that same expectation that everybody has in terms of, and feel free to chime in if you have any thoughts, the expectation that everybody has in terms of um, I am sick, so because I'm sick, my care has to be free. And I think that's a mistake also. I think, A, we need to take more responsibility with trying to prevent illness, but then we need to take more responsibility about paying for certain things. I think, yes, it'd be great if we could lower the cost of health care and accommodate the poor and the needy, certainly. But I think people need to realize 
we need to shift perception. Is that the is that the answer? Is that where healthcare is going to be? No, but I think those are major steps to fixing the healthcare problem a little bit. But I do think just like in in America, we have public school and private school. And I think we have for if someone gets incarcerated, you know, commits a crime, there's the public defender or you could hire an attorney if you could pay for one. And I think most likely healthcare is going to go that direction too. There's going to be the private system and the public system. I think everybody will be. You have a right to an you have a right to an attorney, so you have you'll be able to get an attorney. You'll be able to get a doctor, but if you want to pay for a certain level of care, then I think there probably will be that. So the disparity will just get greater. Unless everybody realizes, hey, we need to start being more responsible and not go out and get my, you know, you know, in and out burger or McDonald's every day. I think don't pay the hospital bill, then that just that cost goes on to other customers. That's what you're saying. Right. You're gonna pay now or you're gonna pay later. Right. So you know I don't know the answer. The other the other issue I have is we as doctors, especially as surgeons, pay an insane amount of malpractice insurance that fortunately, luckily, we don't wind up getting sued for the most part, or if we do, it's minimally, uh, and we don't wind up needing those malpractice dollars. So basically, we're a group of um, you know over a half a dozen surgeons, and we are paying over $100,000 a year um, sometimes even closer between one and two hundred thousand dollars a year we're paying to malpractice. So I'm basically saying, let me throw money away because in America, um, if someone gets sick, maybe they could sue, and an attorney is gonna want to try to make money. So I'm throwing money away for malpractice insurance, and my ridiculous solution is is let's. Tell a patient, a person, that if you get sick, if something goes wrong, you can't sue. There's no suing allowed. You're not allowed to sue. But the doctor or the hospital where that thing happened will promise to take care of you as best as they can. They're not going to kick you out and let you die. They'll try to take care of your problem. If, if something, God forbid, goes wrong, we'll, try, we'll take care of you as best as we can on our dime. We're, we're not going to pay for it. The hospital and we, the doctors, will help take care of it. Yeah, so instead of the money going to the lawyers or the insurance right. company, it's going right. to Right, so the that's my proposal. Let us stop paying. Just my group alone is paying close to $200,000 a year. That's just a group of doctors. Imagine if we told every lawyer on the planet, you know what, lawyers? You can't sue doctors anymore. The only people that are going to be unhappy and out of a job and the only crisis is going to be is the lawyer crisis. And to tell you the truth, that's a good crisis to have is a lawyer crisis. So let's take all that money and say, you know what? We don't even have to take all of it from the doctors. Let's say, let's just, let's give the doctors half of it back. So you know what, Dr. Cohen, instead of, instead of you having to pay $200,000 a year, We'll give your practice a hundred thousand. Only give us a hundred thousand. So we get to put a little bit more money in our pocket because we may have to take care of people. And we'll take that hundred thousand dollars from just our little group. Imagine all the doctors in the world if you just slice their malpractice insurance down by half and take that half and put it into a kitty. That will take care of the healthcare crisis. That's great. Doctors win. Yeah. People win. 
The only people who lose are the insurance companies and the lawyers. That's my idea. And the the, 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 the uh, it's it's a big thing of mine. So where's healthcare going? Nobody knows. <laughs> so what are we talking about today, Lauren? Today I just thought we would talk spring into April with some entertainment. Spring into April. <laughs> Because April I mean, it's is spring. 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 Yeah, it started March 20th. Right, I right. But I thought we could just do some entertainment that's out now. Like, there's a few things there's that a lot have, of stuff. like, science, medical, mainly, like, psychological yeah. elements to it that yeah. we, could, uh, we could bring into Gross Anatomy. Yeah. We could, uh, could yeah. be a part of the show. Right. So I was telling you my, my young... Actually, I, my wife is watching it with definitely my youngest daughter. I don't know if my other daughters are watching it. They're watching... What was the name of the show? The Act. The Act. With Patricia Arquette. With Patricia Arquette. That I must confess, I haven't watched all of it. In fact, I only watched part of one episode, and it was too disturbing for me. I cannot watch it again. I'm not going to... Even if you... I Maybe I have to do homework and watch it if you really force me to. But it was just so disturbing. I couldn't really... Explain I, the disease. I don't want to watch it. So that's it's a psychological it's illness. A, yes. Or, so what it is, is something called Munchausen by proxy syndrome and what munchausen is is it's uh, and and this we actually see is people faking so munchausen syndrome is um where people fake illness so that they could get treated and get taken care of and sometimes they actually will cause themselves bodily harm and do stuff to themselves or take a pill or take a medicine just so they they could get care. And it's not so much that they're like drug seeking or, or, you know, narcotic addicted. It's really more that they're, they have this mental psychological illness where they want to, they feel the need to get cared for and taken care of. Um, and this Munchausen by proxy is where a person puts it, um, makes uh, someone around them, gets them sick and gets them ill and hurts them deliberately um, so that, that they could be the caregiver for this person to get taken care of. So is she really making her daughter ill? Like yeah, supposedly, yeah. Yeah, she's like making her sit in a wheelchair even though she doesn't need to be in a wheelchair. She made her shave her head like she's a chemotherapy patient even though she her hair could grow. And I only watched part of it and it was just way too disturbing. But it's a real thing and yeah. it's and it's based on a true story, I think. I think so too. And as much as I like Patricia Arquette, uh, I watched Sharp Objects with Amy Adams and it was it was about that like her mom Patricia Clarkson has that she does it by Oh, it's the same thing. Too. Yeah, she has she's she did it to like her older daughter and now she's doing it to like her younger daughter. And it just it was too much to watch afterwards. I was like, why did I watch that? Yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. When I watch movies, I want to be like happy and yeah, stuff. I yeah. Didn't, I didn't feel good. Fa- yeah. It's too disturbing. It's definitely interesting. Cause yeah, I mean, but then they also totally segueing into nothing. You know, they also talk about kids who become like mentally ill because their parents, I, and I and I don't know how true it is. You know, there's the schizophrenogenic parent. I don't know if you've ever heard of that saying, where a parent makes their kids so crazy that the kid actually goes crazy because the parents are just so whatever, like so, mm-hmm. you know, so over the top. And and I don't know how true that kind of thing is. Is it like or maybe fake. like a psychotic break in the kid just from being around this psychosis? Or no, what I'm talking about there? No, yeah. it's a kid becomes like 
manic or, oh, okay. or depressed or schizophrenic, oh, wow. you know, because their parent just is overbearing or whatever. And again, I, I don't know if it's a, I, I mean, I remember hearing about it, learning about it. I don't know how true it is, but, but this is like totally extreme and totally crazy. Um, we've def, I've definitely seen, you know, we definitely get over the years, I've seen patients come into the hospital, um, with illnesses that we always wonder, is it real? You know, and occasionally we wonder, is this a Munchausen patient? You know, is some, is someone kind of just likes you? Have you ever experienced it personally? Yeah. Yeah. No, occasionally we've seen people who just like being the patient. Now there's the other side that occasionally someone becomes like narcotic dependent and they kind of come in, you know, faking something or just needing chronic pain. And and there's that aspect too, which are a little similar, but yet different. And I've certainly seen that, you know, where patients in there and they want their pain medicine and, and nothing's really going on and they'll fake something or they'll cut themselves or whatever, just to get taken care of for that. But I think those are a little bit like a narcotic dependence. Yeah. Addiction. And then this one is like a mental illness. What do you do if you have a patient like that? Do you it's it's very hard to you diagnose. That they see a psychologist. Yeah, you definitely do, and I think a lot of times a patient may freak out at you, and and I think it could be, you know, I I don't I I don't know if I've really fully taken care of those patients, and typically as a surgeon, if I see someone who is that way. You know, I try to remove my. Uh, the main thing I try to do is never operate on that patient because once you operate on that patient, they have a scar, and they have abdominal pain or pain at that scar. You never know what's going to happen. And sometimes you see patients who've had multiple surgeries, and you're like, you look back and you're like, did they ever even need that surgery? And then the reality is, anytime you get cut, you get a scar, and scars could cause problems too. And then you're wondering, what's causing the problem? Is it the fact that we accidentally, not accidentally, but operated when we probably shouldn't have, and now the person has real stuff? Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. But if it, you ever saw it by proxy, which I guess you didn't, you would call the police. It's- I guess, yeah. You definitely need social services involved. I mean, that's a major thing. This girl was stuck, you know, I don't know how long it was, but I mean, she was already a teenager, Um I think she's in prison. I, I, I think the story is even, cause I think. Oh, the daughter ends up? Like, yeah, so I think, uh, this is just listening to my wife talking about it with my kids. I think the boy, the girl gets a boyfriend, the boyfriend and the girl, um, the boyfriend kills the mom eventually. It's the only way, um, I could be totally Whoa. making this up. All right, now I kind of want to watch this. Yeah. Story. It goes yeah. in a different direction. Yeah, and, and they, and I think they both go to jail. And I think the girl may, for all I know, she may even still be in jail because she supposedly conspired. But I mean, I'm gonna have to go down to Wikipedia. Right yeah, whole you got to watch it and okay. and do some homework. And maybe next podcast we'll just revisit, give an update, give an update on on my total ignorance about the show. It's, all right, I'll be brave. Yeah. I'll watch it. Yeah, you're gonna watch it. And then there, but was... it's a series. It's not just a one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll watch it. I do like Patricia Arquette. Yes. And there was another movie that I didn't know about, but you told me about Five Feet Apart. Five Feet Apart. About cystic fibrosis. Did you watch it? That was our homework assignment. I didn't. Well, I didn't. I didn't watch it either. We didn't do our homework. (laughs) I didn't go to the movies by myself to watch a movie. Why? About cystic fibrosis. You can go by yourself. Actually, the few times in my, I I could count on one hand the number of times I went by myself to a movie. I don't mind going to the movies by myself. This was like based on a young adult novel. I just didn't. I really never have, but every time I have, it's been really enjoyable. 
I remember years and years ago, I went, I got takeout sushi and I went to a movie and watched it on my own. And it was great. I don't remember what movie, but I just remembered it just was so taboo because I always thought like going to the movies is something you do as a date, you know, or social or with friends. So I felt like, like drinking alone kind of thing, like going to a movie alone, similar. You're just something you don't necessarily do. Yeah, no. I've Although been, a lot of people drink I've alone. I've gone to the movies by myself, just for things, right. just not for a young adult movie. Right. So um, the the actor is a teen heartthrob, Cole Sprouse, right? Is yeah, that, I mean, you were, dropping, he's in Riverdale. you were dropping this knowledge on me. I didn't know who he was. Well, I have teenage daughters. Right. Yeah, actually, so I know. So they watch Riverdale. And, um, and the other girl is the girl from another teen movie. I'm blanking on it. Uh, I don't know. I never heard of her either. Yeah. She was in a, a good teen movie. A cute one. I don't remember which one. Mm-mm. Yeah, Edge of Seventeen, maybe? I don't remember. Not really. Which was a those. really cute movie. I did like Edge of Seventeen, but Parts of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um so it's about cystic fibrosis, which I confess I don't know a ton about. Um it, it's a it's an inherited disease, and they actually test it for it in in babies immediately when born. Um, and it has to do with the ability to clear uh, mu- mucus secretions. Um, and the whole premise of the movie is that these patients with cystic fibrosis can't, who have this difficulty clearing mucus secretions and have a higher risk, they have lung, lung concerns and pneumonia concerns and infection concerns. So the, the whole fear is that these patients get pneumonias, which could be much more serious and fatal even. So the premise of the movie is five feet apart is because that's how close two cystic fibrosis patients can be to one another. And I, my daughter Hannah saw the movie and I'm like, that can't be true. And she looked it up and showed me on cysticfibrosis.org, which must be a reputable site, that it's true. And But I still, I, I don't know why I never heard about it, never heard it in med school, although now I have nothing to do with cystic fibrosis. So I bumped into a pulmonary, pulmonologist friend of mine, uh, a lung doctor, and I mentioned it to him. Now, granted, he probably doesn't treat that much cystic fibrosis, but he had no clue about this five feet rule either. But there must be some truth to it uh, that you don't want to put the two people together because of risk of, you know, contaminant one contaminating the other. Although it doesn't, I would only, I, I would understand if one of them is sick, like, but if they're two healthy cystic fibrosis patients, I don't quite understand why they can't be together. I don't know. I, I should don't have know. done my homework. I you should, should have, have done your homework. The movie. I didn't even, but I did look into it. I guess. 30, I think the dog ate your homework. 30,000 people suffer from it in the United States. I, but I mean, I never really knew that. And mm-hmm. I never knew how terrible it was. And that I guess and a lot scary. more people, 10 million more people have this gene, but it's not. Right. Not the disease. Right. Which is like. A, right. I, and just by having the gene doesn't mean you're going to get the disease. Exactly. So yeah, you have to get so, a gene from each of your parents. To but get, if you have this gene, are, should you not have children because they could have this disease, or what does that mean? So, wow, that's a whole different. I didn't okay, think. I'm I didn't not, think I'm we were telling, going down. I'm not right. telling people. Yes, to have because children. I'm just yeah, curious. Yeah, no. The, the, just because you have that gene doesn't necessarily mean you're going to pass on that gene. And these days, you know, we do a lot of screening and testing. Um, so, you know, like, could I have that gene and not even know it? You could. Although I think these days on 23andMe, they actually, I did my 23andMe and I don't know if that was one of the genes that they tested, but they did my BRCA, I'm BRCA negative, everybody, thank you. Um, 
and I don't have the Alzheimer's gene, which I thought I was going to have because I... I didn't know it went into all of that. Yeah. I didn't, Well, you have to check it off. So I got that. My wife was begging me for a long time to do 23andMe, and I finally did it. The reason why I was excited to do it, totally aside, was I was excited to see like um, 3% this and 4% that, and I have like yeah, that's all Asian I was. relatives. I was hoping to find all of this, and my thing comes back and says... I'm 100% Ashkenazi Jewish, which is the most boring thing, and <laughs> that's it. I knew I was a, you know, a, a white Jew. I was hoping to learn like something else. So, a little disappointing in that in that regards. Yeah, I haven't done it yet. My yeah. aunt just did it, and she gave me her um, login information. But you could maybe year. find relatives and stuff. So yeah. I found some like quarter, you know, someone I'm one percent related to. But what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know either. Nobody knows. Yeah, my husband did it. He's like 99% Irish. It right. Didn't really. So he and I are not much. related. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What is his 1%? Uh, I think it's uh, maybe Swedish. At least he has a 1%. I don't even have a 1%. I'm 100%. It's so boring. Yeah. I'm pretty disappointed. What else? But that, no, there is a movie that's called Missing Link. It's a stop motion animation that comes out April 12th. And it was kind of, it's kind of about this. Guy trying to find his ancestors. I guess he's like a Bigfoot trying to find his family. So oh, that's, yeah. I was going that's to ask you. That's a kid's movie. You. Yeah, but I was going to... Yeah, I guess Zach Galifianakis plays Bigfoot. Who How I do like. you pronounce his name? Galifianakis. See, I love him, but I could never pronounce his name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Greek. Uh, so I was going to ask you about your DNA test, but now you just told me. It's oh. boring. There's not a big story to it. I'm not your DNA But test. maybe I'm related You're, to Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. Is that I, where are you going with that whole Bigfoot thing? No, just because the movie's called Missing Link, and I was. Well, you're like, asking I if I believe like, in Bigfoot. Was no, that? No, I put a note in to like. I ask had you no about idea where you were going with that. You're 23 and me. But I you thought, already brought it up. I thought you were mentioning the whole Bigfoot thing. Do you believe in Bigfoot? Could Bigfoot exist? No, Bigfoot is trying to find his lineage. Oh, interesting. Ah, uh, like are you trying to are find you out equating you me have... to Bigfoot? <laughs> yes. Like I, where are you going with that? Yes. And there you You're go. You're like mm-hmm. eight feet tall. Right. Similar. Exactly. What uh, else? Another movie that I'm excited about that I just read about is called Stockholm. Oh. It's uh, April 12th with Ethan Hawke. And apparently he plays uh, a captor. He, or he robs a bank in uh, Stockholm. And that's where they get the term Stockholm Syndrome, which I never knew. It's about this true story about this bank robber in Stockholm. And Naomi Rapapace, I think is how you say your name. Mm-hmm. You know her from The like girl Alien. with the golden thingy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the golden, the, the dragon, tattoo. What is it called? The girl with the tattoo. The girl with the tattoo. Uh-huh. I feel like there's, we're not saying it right. Mm-hmm. But um, it's her. And so I guess she like kind of like falls for her captor or ah. has these feelings for him. And that's where the, it was like. In 1973, I think the robbery or the bank, the heist, and that's where they get the term Stockholm syndrome. So I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. Because I never, I've always heard that term and never right. even thought to like look it up. Like, where does it come from? Stockholm. It comes from an actual like everybody knows that robbery. It's totally everybody in knows that. Yeah, so. it's it's kind of like Dog Day Afternoon. It, Did you see movie. that movie? That's a great movie. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know if anybody identified with them. Uh, Al Pacino. What do you mean identified? Oh, With, like yeah, they Stockholm, had the Stockholm syndrome. syndrome. Yeah, I don't think anybody did. I don't think so. But either. that's what jumped into my mind when you talked about. I mean, anytime that. I hear that, I just think Attica. Attica, exactly. I mean, right. Just goes through my head that scene. So exactly. Um, and then TV shows, Twilight Zone, which you saw. Right. That's out now. I saw the uh, the pilot. We watched it last night, and you know, it's such a classic Twilight Zone, and I thought it was very well. It was well acted. 
but it wasn't. It didn't. It didn't do it for me. The episode. I, I thought there was going to be some on CBS. Or I mean, I guess no. the original ones were on. No, it has nothing to do with the fact that it was on. I I just thought it was. Um. I don't know. It wasn't. Uh, I I think the thing about the I think the problem with Twilight Zone a little bit is, it's already been done, and now there's Black Mirror. And I think the amazing thing about Twilight Zone was that it was this new novel thing. Mm-hmm. And there, yeah, you know, it was an interesting episode, but there wasn't anything that I was like, wow, this is new. This is novel. This is a new, it kind of, it, it didn't, didn't grab me by the seat of my pants. I didn't about that until you just said that because Black Mirror is, um, my husband likes that, but it's, that show's hard for me to watch. I don't love it. Yeah, it's too disturbing but for me. that is like Twilight Zone, isn't right, it? Right, it's I totally guess. like Twilight okay. Zone, but even more negative. You know, it's like the negative Twilight negative. Zone. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's supposed to put a mirror up to society, but I'm like, I don't like right. thinking of society as being this ugly all right. the time. Although the, the episode with the... Um, when they're kind of like the Instagram episode where they're liking, where they're rating everybody. Yeah. Is that the one where she like goes crazy at the end? Is it like Bryce Dallas Howard? Yeah. Yeah. I saw that one. That was disturbing, but I liked that episode actually. That was really one of the few that I liked. That one I could handle. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Nothing related to healthcare whatsoever. No, but the Twilight Zone, was it about a PTSD suffering Journalist? Supposedly, there's going to be one episode about that. Okay, so I thought that was a pilot. No, I was, I was like, hoping. We did do an episode kind yeah. of about that. No, there was nothing. This was about a stand-up comic who um, wasn't funny and then gets funny, and it, it was not great. And it was there was no healthcare relation okay, whatsoever. So not on that one. No. All right. So your pass on Twilight Zone. Yeah. Uh, Game of Thrones is coming on. That has nothing to do with it. Anything, yeah. But I'm excited about that. Very excited. I think Ten, 10 days, right? Yeah, no. something like that. 10 days. No, 11 days. 11 days. 11 days, yes. You know, my wife is saying, let's not watch it now. Let's wait for all the episodes and then no, watch it. No, because you'll just see I online. know, I know, I know. I, I, in a perfect world, I wish I could hide in a bubble, and then we could do that and really enjoy all the episodes, but there's no way. That's the, yeah, I'm already, my husband's going to China for business during, like, one of the episodes and i'm like can i wait for him or should i just watch it because wow. i feel like if you don't if oh, you're you gonna see wait. online oh interesting you're gonna see who dies i feel like a That's lot of true. people are about to die right and right. there's gonna be one right ruler right who knows i'll wait i'll try to wait yeah but that'd be impressive if you guys could wait we're not, not gonna r- no <laughs> not I got, the second it's out it. i got we gotta watch it yeah i can't wait for that exactly so i think that's definitely what everyone's most excited about yeah. although did you hear that um Daenerys Targaryen. What's her real? Amelia Clark. Oh, yeah. That, there you she, go. There's a medical tie. It just recently came out, even though it happened years ago. Mm-hmm. She had a brain hemorrhage, mm-hmm. which um, is insane. And um, survived, yeah. Obviously. It's super rare, but more common than you would think. Um, like my sister in law and sister both had that happen to them. My sister in her early 20s. One day had the worst headache of her entire life. And the next thing she knew, she was in the intensive care unit because she had a bleed in her brain. Same kind of thing as Amelia Clark did. And luckily, she's totally fine. And it happened to my my wife's sister as well uh, several years ago, 10 plus years ago, out of the blue. Um, I don't remember the details, but, you know, and luckily, thank God, made a full recovery. It's But it, that actually is important to talk about it. And that's, I think, why she's being vocal about it now is right. because people don't know. Uh, my husband didn't end up having a brain aneurysm, but he went to the ho- 
doctor, and he said he had this bad headache, this one spot in the back of his head, and then they, like, rushed him to the hospital because they thought that's what it was. So yeah. I don't think a lot of people know. I mean, maybe they're just sitting there with a headache. They don't right. go to the hospital. Right, for you sure. You have so much time to... That's true. When With a brain injury, uh, because of bleeding in the brain, there's only so much room in our skull. You know, our skull does not bend at all. So if we start having blood in the brain, there's nowhere for that blood. The blood is going to start causing pressure on the brain. The brain starts squeezing. And believe it or not, the brain will herniate, which means just go through a gap or a space down our spinal cord, because that's the only place it could go. And by that point, you're really in a ton of trouble and maybe not even going to make it. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a pretty serious thing, a brain hemorrhage. And what what the literature says and what people even say is the worst headache of your life. You know, a lot of people get headaches all the time. But this is like the worst headache of your life is is what you often hear people describe, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those who survive it. Um, and, you know, sometimes there are other signs as well. Um, there was this, I watched a TED talk about a woman who had had a brain hemorrhage and, or a stroke. Maybe, so there, there, there's, a stroke means just lack of oxygen to your brain. So you could have it because of a hemorrhage, but you could also have it because, um, you could have an embolism, something blocking the, uh, a clot blocks off or air blocks off the blood vessels to the brain and you stop getting oxygen to the brain. And when that happens, bad things could happen. You know, some people, it could be a loss of speech, a loss of vision, a loss of, you know, a function of a hand or an arm or, um, so it was a weird TED talk of this woman who's had a stroke and she's talking about it and, trying to like comprehend it and she's a scientist so she's trying to be scientific about it as it's happening to her and as she's losing her speech and her hand it's a weird interesting TED talk but that totally takes me also to this when I was in residency or medical school I had a buddy of mine who actually I went to college with also and then was in med school and residency with me great guy went into urology and I see him one day in the cafeteria and he's shaved his head is shaven and I and it's starting to grow in and I see him and I he was a really good friend at the time so I made fun of him of course because that's what people do and I said man you look silly or something like that and he goes dude because that's how he talked he goes dude I had a brain hemorrhage I I was skiing and and did like what Sony Bono did you know he crashed into a tree had a major head injury and was bleeding in his brain and was like on the verge of death and luckily made it and they had to open his skull and evacuate the blood and and he survived and went on to be a doctor. Anything else you're looking forward to? Anything else I'm looking forward to? Am I looking forward to anything? Well, didn't didn't we didn't you tell me about it? No, somebody else told me about it. No, you told me about it. And then we watched it, the new Quentin Tarantino movie. Was that you that told me about it? <gasps> yeah, that doesn't come out till July. Yeah. I think. And that has nothing to do with healthcare. It's not April Entertainment. No. But the movie we are most excited about is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. The Tarantino film. I feel like I just Oh, the Joker. <gasps> I saw the trailer today. Me too. Oh my god, I love Joaquin Phoenix so much. I I and like, I'm always hot and cold with him, oh, but I, I saw that trailer and I was like, holy moly, this looks insane. I know. It really looks good. It looks so good. Yeah. I think that that comes out in October. Oh, does it? Mm-hmm. I don't know why we both saw the trailer today. We were probably trying to do homework for this. Yes. That's why. I was. I was looking at me the too. news today. Yeah, me too. I still don't know what's going on with Mick Jagger. Oh, right. Well, Something we'll talk about him next time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for joining us at Gross Anatomy. And, uh... 
Even though I'm a doctor, a lot of the stuff I say may not be factual. So do your homework, check in with your regular doctor, and give us questions. And if you ask us enough questions over the course of time, maybe we'll even have you as a guest. Yes. Yes. Love to. Love to. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine.